Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I'm so glad that you gave me the chance to open the word and sharing with you the good news that Jesus revealed to us. I pray that you welcome the word uh, as an opportunity to find out more and more about yourself and take the challenge so that indeed together we can grow closer and closer to the Father's heart and reflect to all people the love that God has for all of us. Let's open our hearts and minds so that indeed we may be ready to welcome the world. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep from us all adversity so that unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her, and likewise all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now, at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise we are getting closer and closer to the end of the liturgical year, and therefore the word increases our attention, uh, increases the intensity of our Question, the questions we are supposed to ask to ourselves to prepare, to do an examination of conscience, to evaluate this past year. And therefore, more and more information is given to us. And as you remember last week, we heard me meditating on the story of Zacchaeus that when Christ reveals himself to us, he also reveals to us, us, ourselves. He makes us understand who we truly are. You remember Zacchaeus, he was someone who had a particular image of himself. He thought that probably 
if he had to be, uh, he could only be happy if he had a lot of money. Okay? And that's an image that is very popular to this day as well. We think that if without money we cannot be happy and therefore we do whatever we, we can to accumulate wealth. Thinking that that's where happiness comes from, Zacchaeus realized that the more he was accumulating wealth, the more isolated he was from people. But guess what? He did not know that he was a very generous man. And his encounter with Jesus allowed him to remember and to realize, my goodness, I'm capable of being generous. And then it happens to us as well. Whenever we encounter Christ, Christ reveals to us part of ourselves that probably we never thought about it. Some people tell me, oh, Father, I cannot do that. That's totally not me. I said, well, let Christ tell you what you can and cannot do. Sometimes we put these obstacles in front of Christ, and then we tell him, I cannot do this, I cannot do this, I cannot do this. Now you do the rest. Like, well, well, we either work together or we don't. So it's beautiful to let Christ help us to understand more and more who we really are. But today we take another step, and we understand something more about ourselves. You see, we understand that God created each one of us out of love. And uh, he created us to be loved. And we can only be ourselves when we understand that we are the beloved of God. Now think about it. God desires to be with us. And he found a way to be with us just as we long to be with him in life eternal, to be in paradise, in heaven, God found a way to find his heaven in us. But because we have been created out of love, and because God's love for us is perfect as he is, love cannot even visualize, cannot even imagine that the beloved will disappear, will die one day. That's why God made us eternal, like we are. That's why we live forever. Because God's love for us cannot end. Now, we know that life changes when we die. We don't stop existing. According to a survey recently, um, many Catholics have been interviewed and when asked the question, do you believe in the resurrection of the body? Do you believe that life continues? Many, many Catholics think that this is symbolic. Like, yeah, we, we continue to be alive in the memory of our loved ones, if they, you know, remember us and whatever, in the, in the good deeds and the things that we leave behind. That is true, but not completely. Jesus very clearly today is, has been as clear as possible. He told us that for God, we are all alive, even when we die. So life continues. Where are you standing on that? Have you thought about it? Why? Because knowing that life continues shapes the way we live our life now. It fills our heart with hope. Now, this belief came into Judaism very late. In fact, the book of Maccabees, from the, where the first reading comes from, um, is a recent book, considering all the, the history of all the other books of the quote-unquote Old Testament. 
And uh, as a matter of fact, this is one of the books that is present in the Catholic and Orthodox Bibles, but not in the Jewish and Protestant Bibles. And um, so we see that there has been a development in the teaching, and we see that these guys, the, these seven brothers, who have been tortured and killed because they stood in their faith, they clearly believe that whatever happens here will continue on the other side. Now, what's happening? Uh, I mean, the, the, the first reading is kind of powerful story, right? What was going on? Well, at that time, there was a new king that invaded the land and is forcing everybody, every Jew, to accept Greek culture. We call that a process of Hellenization, to make everybody uh, absorb the culture of the Greek. Okay? So, for example, we see that even in, outside of Greece, for example, we find gymnasium you know, uh, because they exercised and uh, they the, the theater, the temple of the Greek gods. Now, we hear the reference here about eating pork. It, it's not that the, the Greek particularly like pork chops or whatever. It, it's the fact that it's a, it's a symbol of breaking the rule, breaking, uh, breaking what God had told the Jews not to do, the, the, the law. And that becomes a challenge for us. The challenge for us is this, knowing all that we know about how much God loves us, that God loves us immensely and eternally, and footnote, even the people, we don't know who is in hell, but we know hell exists, even the people in hell are still loved by God. They say no to God, not God to them. Okay? Just tell your friends. You never know. All right. So, knowing all this, we have the responsibility of protecting God's love for us so that we can thrive and we can grow in this love. When we hear the words defending the faith, okay, some people do, oh, we have to defend our faith. We are the militant church on earth. Yeah, we have to defend it, but what we have to defend is to defend the attack against us. It's not about telling people what to do. It's to make sure that the culture, what the world thinks and how the world thinks does not come into our hearts and in our minds. The majority of the problems that we have in the church today come from this that we are using concepts and values of the world and we place them in the church and we think that we are doing the work of God. Instead, we are crea creating a lot of confusion because values, when they crash against each other, that's what they do. We use words that are not church words, but we use them to identify our position in the church. Want an example? No, really, do you want an example? Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> we use, for example, words like conservative and liberal. Have you heard that applied to the church? These are not church words. They are cultural words. They are words that belong to other settings. But when we place them in the church, we create disunity in the body of Christ because we are placing one against the other. Can that be? Everybody, no, no, exactly, why? Why, because we are one body. 
We have to make sure, and this is the gospel way of thinking, we have to make sure that each one becomes the best at who they are. The cells of a body will not, you know, the heart will not tell the kidneys, you've got to be like me. No, the, what the heart wants is that the kidney is the best kidney, functioning kidney ever, right? So that's what we are supposed to do. Remember, this is something that I always use for my own peace of mind, and it's not original. There is very little original up there. Um, I've taken it from elsewhere, and the phrase is very simple, but I think it represents clearly what to do and how to handle whenever we hear this things happening in the church and in the world. The left wing and the right wing belongs to the same bird. The right pews and the left pews belong to the same church. Enthusiasm now. Do you understand? We are one body. We are receiving the sacrament of unity, but out there we place one against the other. Why does that happen and how does it happen? Well, look at what's happening in the gospel. The Sadducees were a group of lay people like the Pharisees. But the Sadducees only took, decided to take only the first five books of the Bible, Torah, the book of Moses, um, as mandatory. You know, that's all, that, that's all there is. All the rest, nah, they don't count. And therefore, the teaching of the resurrection of the dead is not in there. But that, that's what they thought. And therefore, they bring to Jesus this bizarre situation about the seven brothers married the same woman. And now they want to say, well, you see, this is silly. And therefore, the teaching of the, uh, uh, the, teaching of the resurrection doesn't stand. Jesus says, listen, before saying something, make sure that you learn, you read the whole book. Because sometimes we also today do the same thing. The Pope says something or does something that, you know, upsets our opinions and things, and we get all mad and we type every possible nasty things online. Oh, the Pope is in the church. Read the book. Read the book. When we learn the whole thing, we realize that he's doing exactly that. He's not following the categories of the world that we are introducing in the church, but it's respectful of the, of the theology of the church. Oh, but that is upsetting to me because I don't agree. This mentality comes from the world, not from the gospel. You see how many times, in how many ways, the thought and the civilization tries to get into our church through our minds, and we now think, unless I agree to something, it's wrong. I don't like it does not mean it's wrong. It just means I don't like it. Thinking that everybody has to do what I like, it's like doing what that king was doing to the, other, to, to the brothers, trying to torture them and kill them. In the church, we work in another way. Are we all growing as disciples of Christ? Is Christ the one upon whom we build up? Are we becoming more and more like Jesus, is our mind filled with his word and our heart with his love? You see how the conversion has to happen and why at this moment in our life we have to start thinking about these things 
so that when we close the year, we can make commitment to grow in the awareness that we all need to help each other to remain focused on Christ and not on somebody's opinion, no matter how, quote-unquote, religious this concept can be. They cannot go against what Christ wants to do. That's, what, that's who we are as Christians, part of his body. It's not our body. The moment we prefer to use cultural things into, uh, uh, and bring them into our way of thinking, we mess the whole thing up. And we're responsible. So, as we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that is revealing himself to us as a father who loves us immensely and he is reminding us that we do not die. There is a time when we have to leave the body behind, but that's not the end of the world. We will continue to live. There is, as we say in the creed, the resurrection of the dead. What does it mean and how it looks like, we have no idea, and I think Jesus didn't tell us so that we can be really amazed when that happens. Imagine what an awesome event that will be. But then we also want to bring up to the, to the Lord, to the altar, our commitment to make sure that we do not bring concepts that do not belong to the body of Christ into the body of Christ and our willingness to be open, to be taught by Christ how to be loved by God and how to live our life as children of God. And with this intention, we continue to pray, committing making sure that we commit to each other to be better and better and to help each other to be better and better so that we can become witnesses that God's love indeed changes our lives and is able to change the world as well. And I hope you felt inspired to take a step in faith to decide what are the temptations that this new civilization that tries to infiltrate and mix itself with the gospel um, is in your life. And um, I hope that we can pray for one another to remain faithful uh, to the teaching of the gospel and uh, grow more and more in witness, as a witness to all people that indeed Jesus is the truth, the resurrection and the life. I wish you well. And I hope to uh, hear from you, and I'm looking forward to share the word with you next week. God bless. Bye-bye.